I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, April 28th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Jay, I've got a fun story for you. So I was at an event last night and I had to like make a remark. It was a short remark, nothing special. But I met at the event Urania, who is a peak pal. I met her in real life. Can you believe that? I, I, I just say IRL. That is exciting. And she listens every day. That's what she told me, which I think is incredible. I thought it was, we talked about this before. I thought it was my mom. So hi, mom, your mom, and your brother with my daily listeners. But hey, I see the numbers go up, but I just don't believe it. And so it was just awesome to meet you, Urania. And I appreciate you uh, listening and, and coming to say hi. That was, it was just, it really made my day. Well, thanks, Urania. And thank you, Uncle Matt, as well, for listening in all the way from South Florida. Brett, aside from the fact that people do listen, to this podcast on a daily basis. What do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, streaming problems. For our second story, climate chaos. And for our third story, retiring with crypto. For our first story, remember a few months ago when the hashtag delete Spotify was trending as its star podcaster Joe Rogan battled twin controversies dealing with COVID misinformation and the use of racial slurs? Well, it turns out that not much came of it as the platform actually gained 2 million new paying subscribers over the first quarter of the year, and its total monthly average of paid and unpaid users rose to 422 million, which represents a net gain of 16 million in that period. Brett, that sounds like a pretty good run for Spotify. I have to imagine that their stock is just soaring right now. Am I wrong? Jay, you would think so, but you couldn't be more wrong. These gains were not reflected in Spotify stock, which continues to fall this year, having roughly fallen 12% yesterday alone. And the company is predicting an operating loss of 197 million euros for Q2. So while the subscriber growth is great, the revenue is a real problem. And there's some other issues too, right, Jay? There are. Well, it might not even be Spotify's fault. Spotify stock sunk to its levels levels ever because of... Well, Netflix, that's right, Netflix. After Netflix dramatic stock crash last week, investors are increasingly skeptical of all streaming businesses and music is no exception. And while Spotify was able to add a ton of subscribers, as we talked about, the rate of growth was slower than many had anticipated adding to investors' concerns. Now, Daniel Ek, the CEO of Spotify, had to address this. And so in a statement, he emphasized a few things, that music streaming was a very different business or is a very different business than video streaming. He focused on the fact that Spotify doesn't have to invest heavily in original content, that they already have a free ad-supported service. So that's something that Netflix is now doing, but they've been way ahead of. And I think this is an important point. Competition is fairly limited. While there are you know, 20, 30 different streaming services, however many there are, there's really only a couple music streaming services and usually just pick one and go with it. Yeah. But in better news for the streaming servers, Spotify exceeded Wall Street predictions in several major categories, including sales, monthly active users, and revenue. Spotify saw its biggest gains in advertising revenue, which generated 282 million euros, an increase of 31% from a year ago, and now accounting for 11% of Spotify's total revenue. It's a real mixed bag here. It definitely did not do well in the stock market, but there are definitely some highlights for Spotify and including Spotify is raking in the ad dollars through its now tremendous stable of podcasts. Though they lost exclusive rights to the Obama's podcast, Spotify made other big moves such as acquiring podcast analytics companies, pod sites, and Chartable, which we look at almost every day, and recently surpassed Apple Podcasts 
as the top app used to listen to podcasts. And so, Jay, there's a lot going on here. What does the what's the big picture around the Spotify stock snafu? Well, aside from the fact that Daniel Eck just can't win, he could sign up everybody in the world and, and the stock may go down. Uh, but the party is over for streaming services. I think that's pretty clear. Investors are taking a really close look at the long-term trajectories of reoccurring revenue businesses as markets become increasingly saturated and growth stalls. For a second story, and we've been talking about this a lot, but climate is just so important to businesses today that we think it's worth highlighting. But Canada's Commissioner of the Environment and Sustainable Development released five new reports, and they took the Canadian government to task on its climate initiatives. Perhaps the most damning finding of all was that Canada has been the worst performing of all G7 nations when it comes to emissions reductions. Carbon emissions fell just 1.1% between 2005 and 2019. And since 2015, emissions have actually risen. And Canada's the only G7 country in the world where this actually happened. Now, Jay, we talked about the challenge for Canada balancing both energy production and meeting their ambitious climate goals yesterday. Now, the reports from Canada's Commissioner of the Environment digs more into this. And what were some of the highlights from the reports? Yeah. So with regards to the labor movement, the federal government is not prepared to support a just transition where the impacts of labor markets transitions are minimized and new jobs are created for those in affected industries to a low carbon economy and have not produced a report on the subject as they promised to do in the 2019 budget. Now, the report also talked about greening the bureaucracy. This has been a priority for the government. And in terms of the strategy, they say that it includes valuable policy ideas, but it found that the overall strategy from the government lacked key details. And the report doubted that National Defense and Transport Canada would even be able to meet the net zero targets that were set by the strategy by 2050, which was their goal. And will we ever see hydrogen cars? Well, not anytime soon. The report said Natural Resources Canada overestimated hydrogen's potential to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, claiming it would represent up to 15% of the emission reductions needed to meet the 2030 target. But that real number is more like 0.5%. So as you can see here, there's a trend that things aren't going particularly well for the government and their climate strategy. And the last kind of big highlight from the report is, of course, the carbon tax, which we hear lots about. So on the whole, weak requirements for large emitters and a patchwork of inconsistent provincial plans, it reduced the overall effectiveness of carbon pricing and disproportionately affected Indigenous communities and small businesses. So Jay, we've kind of heard highlights from the reports that are pretty damning for the federal government and their approach to the environment. Now, if we zoom out, what, what's the real big key overarching finding? Well, I'm not going forward until you make a zoom out noise. Yeah. One second. Okay, there you go. Well, now that we have that official zoom out noise, Brett, like a child that left their homework to the last minute, we've got a lot of work to do in Canada. The reports paint a picture of a federal government struggling to meet their ambitious climate targets. And for our last story, despite the slap in the face that is even mentioning savings to millennials, given current economic realities, investment giants now want you to have the option to add crypto to your retirement plan. You know, crypto is really going mainstream when pensioners start jumping onto it. Brett, what is the latest? Yeah. And this is going to cause a lot of headaches for Fidelity, I can imagine. So Boston-based Fidelity Investments is planning to let investors put a Bitcoin account into their 401ks, the first major retirement plan provider to do so. This is all per the Wall Street Journal. Now, by late this year, the 23,000 companies that use Fidelity to administer their retirement plans can let savers allocate up to 20% towards the cryptocurrency. But don't 
get too excited. Just last month, the U.S. Labor Department expressed concerns about including cryptocurrencies in retirement plans. And this is why this move really matters. While not available for employees in Canada yet, younger generations want options beyond stocks and bonds when it comes to saving for the future. Now, I, I hate to say it, but the endorsement of the U.S.'s largest retirement plan provider will likely push crypto investing even further into the mainstream. It's a, it's a sign of approval on it, essentially. And the, we're not talking about the story just because Fidelity is based in my hometown of Boston, but it does remain to be seen whether all employers will embrace the new option. Bitcoin is well notoriously volatile and has lost more than 40% of its value since its November high, Brett. So imagine watching that in your 401k. Yeah. Talk about nerve wracking. Now here in Canada, Bitcoin adoption remains low. It's about less than 5%, but the country's new Web3 Council is looking to push for a national strategy on crypto and digital assets. MPs across all parties have expressed openness to exploring their potential in Canada. And with one in four Canadians nowadays saying it would take a miracle <laughs> to retire financially secure, which is not a promising quote, retirement plans are important to get right. And employers who would considering offering crypto to employees should be prepared to defend their positions to regulators. Again, another fun conversation that I can imagine having is you having to justify why you're allowing your employees to put crypto into retirement plans. But that's for a leather day. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, in that last story, you said it was going to take a miracle. So all my deadhead friends out there, I need a miracle every day. I have no idea what that means. I know. And that's the best part of it, really. <laughs> Have a good day, Brett. You too, Jay.